Class is in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshake. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 135 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body states and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. On today's show, I got to sit down with two-time Olympian Chad Vaughn once again, and we cover the topic of why you need to max out your lifts every once in a while even if you're not a competitive powerlifter, weightlifter, or crossfitter. Now, before we jump into the episode, if you are out there looking for any Olympic weightlifting-specific programming, Chad and I have a few programs that you can download on trainheroic.com that can not only help you build your snatch, your clean and jerk, and your squat, but also has some excellent programming for mobility and technique. So just head on over to Train Heroic Marketplace. And also for many of you out there who have wanted to get your hands on a pair of my new weightlifting shoe with Tier, the first wide toe box weightlifting shoe ever. I know a lot of you guys have been frustrated because the shoe sells out at as instantly basically as they come in. I just got noticed that there should be a new restock of this weightlifting shoes very soon hopefully by the end of the month, if not early next month. So be sure to keep a watchful eye on my Instagram story. I'll be sure to let you guys know as soon as we get more shoes in so you can head on over and pick up a pair of shoes for yourself. So let's get into today's episode, guys. Okay, so the big question on my mind that a lot of people also have is why max out? Why test your lifts if you are not a competitive powerlifter, a competitive weightlifter, a competitive crossfitter? Why do you think it's important to still test your lifts and max out every so often? Yeah, it is just straight up so important. I mean, it it's important. You know, I have a lot of athletes that are on programming. You know, maybe I'm working with them on a general basis or um, watching video and stuff like that. And they're not looking to compete right now or maybe ever. You know, they're just training to train and to move better. And they want to lift heavier and everything else. And so even though they're not going to uh, compete and test themselves there, I'm not going to just continue giving them programming like a long, long, never-ending cycle. There's got to be a date. There's got to be something to manipulate the program towards. You know, otherwise your results are going to. I don't know what your results are going to be. You know, and and uh, mentally as well when when you know that there's a, a date that you're going to test whether that's a competition or whether it's just you in the gym by yourself you have that in your mind at least in the back of your mind and you know you're working towards something it's so important to uh, goals we know how important goals are you know and that's like a goal that date that's out there that's that's ahead of you that you're uh, you know whether that's two months down the road or three months or five months you have something in your mind that you're heading towards and also you've got to have that test date um uh, if you know if that's what we're going to call it um to again manipulate the program towards you know otherwise there's just there's no real good reason or purpose for it we've got to have something to um throw recovery throw recovery weeks in for to um, go through different phases of cycles, you know, and, and to overall help your, uh, your improvement and your, uh, your movement and everything, the whole package. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because when you look at the spectrum of people that go to the gym, 
you get some people that love maxing out. They mm-hmm. love going really heavy. Sometimes to that detriment is they mm-hmm. do it too often, yeah. uh, too frequently, and uh, they end up with injuries. Um, to a point, though, you need that drive to be able to want to go heavy because that's what helps you get stronger and stronger. So I like that competitive nature in a number of athletes, and we see that especially in competitive athletes. But then you get the other uh, people that are going to the gym that maybe they're like, you know, I'm doing this for health. I want to feel stronger. I want to look better. I want to move better. I want to have less injuries. You know, do I really need to, to really push that heavy? And you're saying, hey, even if your goals are not to be a competitive weightlifter, a competitive powerlifter. You don't want to necessarily go that route. It's still important to have those frequent times throughout the year where you're pushing yourself to find, hey, where are we at with your one rep max Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. a snatch and a clean and jerk if you don't do Olympic weightlifting in a bench, deadlift, a squat, or any of their variations? Because it twofold gives you something to shoot for. Mm -hmm mentally it allows you to have that goal so that you're entering the gym you're feeling like you have a purpose going there uh that's that's defined a defined purpose Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but then i think from a programming perspective it it actually allows you to create your day-to-day plan so that you have something to follow you're not just going haphazardly and just hey today i feel like doing arms or today Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do bench you know or you know you actually have some relief going into the gym because you know, Hey, this is what I'm going to do today. I have five by five at 70%, knowing that that is a part of the process of building my body for whatever goals you may have. But eventually having that peak day, having that test day allows us to then systematically program in all those different reps and sets throughout the entire year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you said it towards the beginning of, of that description, see where you're at. We have to, if you want to optimize your training and, you know, again, reach whatever reason you have for training, for exercising, um, you you have a purpose for that, something mm-hmm. that you want out of it. And even if it's just to be healthy, if you want to be the healthiest and best you can be, you have to see where you're at occasionally so that you can know what type of training you need to do or what things you need to to work on. So testing in that sense as well, it's very much like it, it brings to mind someone um, getting on a mobility program. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a very specific reason why you're on a mobility program. You've assessed your mobility. Hopefully, you know what areas you need the most work on and you put in work in those areas. And if you just um, assess yourself, you work on those uh, areas of mobility and you just keep doing the same thing for years. uh that's not going to be a good thing. You know, you have to reassess your mobility on a pretty regular basis and then make adjustments to different areas of your body or different exercises. And it's very much the same with, uh, with training as well, you know, again, for whatever those goals are. For sure. So I got to ask the question before we dive in for our general recommendations, when you were competing in your younger years, we'll say, how frequently would you test your body. Obviously, we're talking to Olympian Chad Vaughn. So yeah. as the height of where Chad went, everyone, you know, being able to go to the Olympics on a different scale than most people, but just to mm-hmm. understand like how many times would you test your body and have those max out times, even in competition or even in training, 
-hmm. you know, if you weren't going to a competition anytime soon, how frequently would you do that throughout an entire training year? Yeah, that's a really good question. And and there's a difference in, you know, if we say max out or test mm -hmm. yourself, like that could easily be interpreted as if I go into the gym and my program for the day is to quote unquote max out, does that count as really testing yourself? Well, it shouldn't. It shouldn't mm -hmm. because it should just be a part of your program. So a part of a weightlifter's program is to go up and you know, quote unquote, max out on a fairly regular basis. Maybe we hold back a little bit sometimes, but maybe on some days where like the plan is to go as heavy as you can within that training session, but your program should be set up in such a way to where you're going into that max out day with an extent of fatigue, meaning that I am not all the way recovered. I am within a training cycle and I don't want to, I don't want my body to peak right now, but yet I'm going to lift as heavy as I can. And that's part of the training to lead me to that test day where hopefully I've done things correctly uh, in my training and recovery and all that stuff. And I'm at least, you know, better than I would be otherwise on that test day uh, as opposed to in training. And so for solid, you know, peak days where not in the gym, in competition and for me in the back in the day it was all about competition i didn't really peak myself to test and training because i had a lot of competitions to go to so mm -hmm. it was you know uh, at least three times in um four so three to four times a year mm -hmm. um there may have been a couple years that were five but i'll tell you if it's four or five i just don't know that it's really four or five peaks you know what i'm saying like four or five true peaks because it's a it takes a lot to really really manipulate everything, get your body to recover, kind of start over and, and build back up. So to say that someone can peak, at least in Olympic lifting, um, you know, five or six times a year is probably not realistic. Yeah, it's tough. And I think at that time, if you are doing five to six meets a year, probably some of those are more so a training yeah. meet where you're okay. basically, for people that aren't in the sport of Olympic weightlifting, um, what we're talking about is let's say you had three meets a year and we're going to dive into the programming here in a minute, but you will actually program yourself to where you will have a bit of a recovery so that you're very refreshed to then have a really good meet. Whereas Chad was talking about how sometimes um, certain coaches will program in like max out day. So for example, regular training week, let's say you're training five to six times, maybe Saturday is like max out day. And basically it's just like, everyone's still got all their heavy lifts throughout the week. But on Saturday, the team gets together and it's just like, Hey, we're going to go as heavy as we can in the snatch and cleaning jerk for a good single. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And that may be, you know, one day you're pretty tired. So you only hit 95% of your best the other day. Hey, you maybe set a new PR. Yep, the other yep. days, you know, in often more a new PR is usually going to be more a newer lifter because it's in the middle of a heavy training cycle. But again, you're going as heavy as you can within reason uh, during those times. So that's always interesting uh, mm -hmm. to to see how that plays out and also how that will change throughout the life of a lifter. Mm -hmm. oh, how like, yes. in the, you know, in the early stages, you can go Mm -hmm. really heavy all the time and see these PRs. And then as you get in yep. your later years, it's like, Hey, we need to be a little bit more calculated mm -hmm. in allowing that recovery. Because if you do six meets in a year, that body starts talking back to you. And I know yep. I definitely started feeling that a little bit more in my later part of my career in that I couldn't do as many meets in a year and still feel like I was recovering. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, again, you talking through that bring, brings some things to mind. And the, the main thing is that 
how things change. And I think things change not so much. Yes, you get older and your body is, is different and maybe you need more recovery. But I think the bigger thing is confidence, confidence to know that you don't necessarily need that big, huge number in training. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're regularly hitting 90 and 95% in training, uh, you know, maybe one of those heavy days, you get up a little closer to 100% for where you're at, at that time. Like you don't have to have a PR, um, it, you're going to be more likely to save that PR or that heaviest lift in that cycle for that test day. If you hold yourself back a little bit, and it's not even about holding yourself back. It's just saying, Hey, I put in work. I put in a lot of reps at within the percentage that I need to, that we know is beneficial to being able to maintain movement with, with heavy weights. And I've hit this weight, and I don't need to hit any more than that to know that I'm prepared for the goal numbers that I have in competition. And so I think, you know, the older I've got, I've understood that it's, it's more about confidence. Um, you know, if, if I can be confident with the numbers that I want to hit in competition, competition from doing, you know, uh, lesser numbers in training, I think it's more optimal. I think For it's sure. more optimal. All right. Yeah. So let's get some practical, um, just takeaways on the podcast for everyone listening. Let's go more so just generalized. What is the best way to peak for these test or max out days? And let's go someone maybe, let's just make general recommendations. You are someone that loves going to the gym. You love getting strong. Maybe you're doing some Olympic lifts, but it could be you're doing, you know, yeah. some squats, deadlifts, bench, and you want to test yourself out because you want to see how strong you are. And then you want to adjust your program because of that. What's an optimal way to lead up to that peaking? to then have sort of those recovery and then uh, your optimal test days. Yeah, absolutely. So in general, whatever whatever movement or movements you're going to be testing, you have to lay the foundation. You have to put base work in. And a lot of base work is going to be done with other exercises along with those key exercises that you want to test. But then you're going to have to come to a more specific phase where you're doing those specific lifts more regularly. You're doing them heavy again. They don't have to be max and PRs all the time, but with higher percentages, you're getting work in and and through those phases, making sure that you are stepping away from those slightly for recovery weeks. I mean, you're still going to do them and everything else, but having lighter weeks in your, in your programming so that you're not just pounding, 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 going all the way into that test, but you've got to get more specific and you've got to get heavy regularly with those specific lifts. Uh, set yourself up to back off from them for, you know, uh, within those last two weeks and and play with numbers and mani manipulate the program in such a way that to where you can peak. So again, getting specific, um, uh, being very noticeably lighter through uh, the last couple weeks, um, still staying specific with those movements, uh, but allowing you to, uh, again, be more fresh for that test day. Um, so, so if we had, let's make an example for um, let's say cleaning jerk and snatch, we'll just bring it back to Olympic lifting. Um, those first couple weeks of sort of building your base is going to look not necessarily a hundred percent specific to the full test day lift, which is going to be your full cleaning jerk and snatch. So we could say we're going to be building with maybe some pauses at the knee or some mm -hmm. block lifts, correct, for a couple of weeks. 
And then as we get a little bit closer towards our test meet, we're getting a little bit more specific to the lift mm-hmm. that we're going to test. We're building that up week by week. We're adding more and more weight and whether or not you're fluctuating your volume and intensity, obviously everyone's going to be individual in that. But then we're also having like a one to two week phase right mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. where we're backing off intensity and volume to allow that recovery. And then we have that test date. Would that be a good yeah. idea? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So say if we're on a 12-week cycle, like somewhere around the first half of that 12 weeks, it's going to be, especially in the beginning, like we're going to be doing things like snatches from the hips and not from the floor yet, you know, um, cleans from the knee, um, power versions, power jerks instead of split jerks, push presses instead of uh, split jerks or even power jerks. And uh, again, laying that foundation with the bulk of the program being squats and deadlifts and presses strength work you know maybe extra mobility work if somebody needs it but then transitioning as we go through those weeks into snatches from the floor uh clean and jerks from the floor uh putting more reps and effort into those and kind of backing away from as much volume with squats deadlifts and and presses so transitioning what our focus is as we go but all leading into um you know, pushing really hard up into those last couple of weeks. Yeah. So when we get to that test day, so let's say we've pushed, we've taken like one to two weeks of recovery. What does that test day look like as far as your warmups, as far as the reps you're taking to lead up to that attempt or a few attempts at a new one rep max? Yeah, for sure. Let, let's uh, let me back up for a second and just say mm-hmm. like those last couple of weeks, what has led into that? Yeah. Um, because I really want the excuse me, the listeners to understand. So in the program that we're, uh, that we offer right now, we are coming to the end of the cycle, which is kind of why we're, we're talking about that. And in March, what we have coming up, the first two weeks in March are those last two weeks that we're talking about. And then there's going to be, you know, a recovery week. And then like what we call an intro refresher week to lead us into a brand new cycle to kind of start all over in what what will be April but understand what has led up to these last two weeks is very regular heavy snatching and clean and jerking. For example, a lot of the program reads snatch five to 10 reps at 85% and above clean and jerk five to 10 reps at 85% and above even front squat five to 10 reps at 85% and above. So you're doing a lot of biofill lifting and you're multiple times a week going up to these heavier percentages, trying to read your body saying, okay, I'm okay with only doing five reps at 85% today, if that's what my body's kind of telling me to do. But at the same time, if I'm feeling good, I can go up, but you're getting regular heavy lifting leading in to those last couple of weeks. Now, during those last two weeks within that, um, the week before the last one, we need to do a final heavy day. That's going to do a couple of things. It's going to tell us at least give us an idea of where we're at and what where we're going to be able to start. For example, if we're doing a competition or again, if you're testing yourself, where you're going to kind of help ensure you know what your goal needs to be and all those things. But also we need that last heavy day fairly close um, so that we're properly stimulated. We don't want to go what, what we sometimes call, we don't want to go into the test or the competition under-trained, right? We don't want to go in under-recovered or under-trained. We want to be stimulated, but we want to be recovered. And so that last heavy day has a lot to do with stimulation as well. That last heavy day is usually going to be 10 or 11 days out. It can be, you know, a little further out or it can be a little closer depending on the athlete. 
but I like to put it in the middle of that second to the last week so that we're about <clears throat> 10 days out. And in that session, if we say, <clears throat> like we did the other ones, five to 10 reps at 85% and above, which is common, I'm actually not going to leave it at and above. I'm going to put like 85 to 99%, for example, or 97, depending on the athlete, so that they're not tempted to PR that close to the test date. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, after that, now it's about, you know, understanding that I went into that last heavy day with some fatigue so that I didn't lift at my absolute peak and best. So now it's time to really start backing off. And that next workout is going to look a lot lighter than they have for a while, you know, coming into those last few weeks, the beginning of the last week um, is still going to be, you know, medium to light with the snatch and the clean and jerk, really backing off of those a lot, maybe staying heavy with the squats, depending on the athlete. Um, a lot of times I like to do, you know, um, if the athletes trained for it and we've, we've led into this appropriately with the program, I like to do some sort of heavy, intense squat workout, say the Monday or Tuesday before a Friday or Saturday max snatch and clean and jerk again, for stimulation purposes. So, mm -hmm. but that last workout, so say Wednesday, if you're testing on Friday or Saturday, is going to be, you know, no more than 60% in the snatch and the clean and jerk. It may be a partial clean and a power jerk at a light weight, or even, uh, you know, maybe going in the day before and just moving around with the bar or going for, uh, uh, somewhat of a longer walk than you're used to just to, to keep the body moving and, and flushing. So you're doing all these things, again, to manip to manipulate and recover. But going into that test day, uh, Aaron, you were asking uh, specifically about warmups and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just like what, what do you have as far as a general warmup or steps to take up to that one rep max? You get some people and then they get in and they're uh, sometimes doing too much volume or mm. too much, uh, you know, they, they jump too quickly up to their sure. heavier weights. Sure. I think you should especially if you've done appropriate training, you should have an idea of what jumps you need to take and, and mm -hmm. all that stuff. But I say really keep it uh, at least very close to the same as what you normally do, because you don't want to go into that test day and think, oh, I've got to do something completely different, or I've got to yeah. try this new thing to to try to get the most out of myself. You need to be familiar with what you're doing. That day is not the time to experiment. Training is the time to experiment. So stick to what you know works. If you normally um, warm up your ankles and do some specific ankle mobility drills, for example, do those for sure. You know, whatever mobility drills and general warm up that you that you normally do, go ahead and make sure that you you do that. Um, one other thing uh, that uh, I think is important is even though you're going to stay with what you're familiar with, with kind of what you know works for you, don't be afraid to do a couple extra warm-up sets with lighter weights as you're building up to your heavy lifts because you've gone through the process of recovering and lifting lighter than you have for a while. So again, it's about stimulation and making sure that your body is firing on all cylinders and ready to go. And I know for myself, when I get to that competition, if I've recovered appropriately and I've done everything right, um, yeah, I might need a couple extra warm-up sets just to to wake my mind and my body up. And again, it's about stimulation and and you don't want to that's the only real change that i would say because you know you don't want to do the same thing that you normally do in training thinking that it's going to be enough warm-up on that competition day yes it, it should be very similar and you should follow the same kind of general plan 
but definitely don't be afraid to throw at least a couple extra warm up sets in there, even if you don't feel like you need to. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's a good uh, quick podcast on yeah, why yeah. it's important to max out, why it's important to test your lifts. Um, and again, this is this goes for everyone. So um, myself, for example, I mean, I competed in weightlifting for 11 years and then, you know, found out that I can only have so many hobbies in life if I've got... <laughs> a wife, a little one mm -hmm. running a business and doing 40 hours a week in clinic, it's a little tough to still, you know, compete as yep. well on the weekend. So even though I don't compete anymore, I would say I still compete against myself. So yeah. still having those testing dates where I am maxing out to set my program from going forward. It also gives, uh, like you said, it gives something fun to push towards. Um, yep. A lot of us were athletes when we were younger and then we hit this phase in our midlife where it's like, Hey, maybe we're not going to competitions as much anymore. Like we were when we were younger, but it still gives you that competition mm -hmm. drive to have something to shoot for. So even if you're not a competitive powerlifter or weightlifter, this is still something that is very important for the entirety of your programming, help you become stronger, more efficient in all your different goals. And again, when you get to that max out day, you know, still keep in mind, we're trying to keep technique at our highest quality. Mm -hmm. We don't want your max out to be the, you know, to have a horrible technique breakdown, obviously, and, you know, competitive lifting, you know, if it, if you make the lift up, you make the lift up and it's a passing lifting competition for your testing days. If you're not a competitive athlete, keep in mind, we still want to be able to have good quality technique. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're seeing huge breakdowns in technique, let's also call that right there because you don't want to be taking your max from something where your lift went to shit just to get it up. And then you're going to take that as your percentages going forward. What do you have to say on that real quick? Cause I know, you know, obviously you're a big uh, preacher of quality technique mm -hmm. when it does come even let's, let's just say the non-competitive athlete, because mm -hmm. when you step on the competition platform, all goes to try to get that weight up and to make yeah. the passive lift for the non-competitive person. That's still, you know, trying to program and get stronger when they get to that max out day, where, what are your qualifications for, Hey, you got this lift up, but technique was faltering yeah. pretty good. What do we, what do we do from there? Yeah. It's just a matter of if you can kind of control yourself and be honest with yourself and look at your lifts and say, well, I made that, but it wasn't quite what it needed to be. Maybe I'll try the same weight again and see if I can clean it up, but always focusing on, you know, technique and quality, like you said, especially if you're, you're just testing inside of the gym, but again, say you go ahead and you push and you lift as much as you can and you're you're pressing out in the snatch and the jerk you know you're you're mm -hmm. you're getting the lifts ultimately locked out but they're those last three or four attempts are are kind of ugly or i hope you don't do three or four attempts that at the end <laughs> that are just where you really have to fight through but okay fine you did it but be honest with yourself and say okay i snatched 100 kilos for example but it definitely wasn't good in the way that i want my lifts to look so what did I lift that was of the quality that I want? Maybe that was 95 kilos or 97 kilos. Go off of that, you know, be honest with yourself and say, okay, yeah, maybe I made this 100 kilos, but when I go into this new cycle, when I start taking percentages, let me take it off of this better number. You know, that's, that's a more honest approach. And I think will lead you into better training, less forced reps and training, which you get in and start doing. Percentages yeah. I think, I like think that. that's really important because. I see frequently people will take their percentages when they say, Hey, you know, I got my next training program. I'm going through, what are you taking your one rep max from? And it's like, Oh, it's this one time I ever hit this weight in competition. 
and it looked pretty sloppy. And I'm like, yeah, well, that means that every single one of the weights that you're taking your percentage from when you're programming are probably going to be a little bit higher than they should be, yeah. meaning that you're probably going to get a little bit sloppier in some of your heavier weights or just the load is more than what is optimal for your progression. So obviously this is where the art of coaching comes in. Mm. This is where the art of being an athlete and reading your body and knowing, Hey, if I have a big disparity between my competition PR and my training PR, you know, maybe let's find something mm -hmm. where I can uh, be acceptable within my very, very heavy lifts. And that's where I'm going to take my, my percentages yeah. from going forward with the next program. Yeah, well, it's all also a lot about how you've set yourself up too. If you've allowed yourself to miss a lot in training, like again, five yeah. to ten reps at eighty-five percent and above, and if you you made ten reps but you also missed five, that's over the volume that I wanted you to get in, anyways. Yeah. But you've trained point. yourself to miss and lift kind of ugly. Um, so one of the recommendations that I have, and I hope that you know we're at the end here, so we're going to wrap up. But I hope the listeners will take this to heart. I always try to have my athletes follow what I call a two miss rule. So 85 to 10 reps at 85% and above, I go up and I hit 85. I go up to 87% and I miss. Okay. No big deal. I try it again. I make it, I go 89 and I make it I go, I go 91 and I miss at 91 to me, you're done so, because you've missed twice. So mm -hmm. go down to 75% or 80% and hit one or two reps and just shut it down and ca call it a day. Cause that's going to set you up better. That's probably what your body needs for that day anyway, if you're, if you're missing. And if you do that, you're getting way more makes in with heavy weights than misses because you followed the two miss rule, which hopefully you won't have to apply every single session. You've set yourself up better to be able to make with quality, um, on that test. Day. And another thing that we've done with you, Aaron, a couple times with cycles is that, you know, we've got to the end and that last week, you know, I'm like, Hey, you're doing good. We're working on these things. Do you want to go ahead and do this test day. Mm -hmm. You don't, we don't really have to do it. You put all the work in to lead into that test day. But by the time we got there, you know, I, I think maybe there was a time where, you know, uh, you were busy and things weren't going great. So like, yeah, you could have tested, but yeah, you also weren't feeling great. You also weren't going to be peaked. You got mm -hmm. benefit from all the training that you did. So it's okay to make the decision at the end of the cycle. If you're not competing, uh, you don't want to pull out of a competition that you've uh, dedicated yourself to, but yeah. to say, you know what, I've trained, I put the work in, I know that I got benefit from that. Let me just, you know, go in that day and and get some good lighter reps in, make sure my technique and movement is good, make sure I'm feeling good. Let me get recovered and then go into the next cycle. So yes, pick that date, but understand that, especially if you're not competing, it doesn't have to be done or it can be adjusted, adjusted to say, let me just get some good movement in without worrying about maxing out and let's call it the end of the cycle, recover and go on into another one. A hundred percent. All right, guys, that is it for today's podcast. Um, for anyone that's out there looking for Olympic weightlifting programming, go head on over to trainheroic.com. Chad and I have a lot of programs on there and one that's a current live subscription base um, where we're constantly doing, changing up the programming. We got one that we're about halfway through coming up on a peak coming soon. Correct, Chad? Yeah, that, that peak is coming uh, the last two weeks that we've been talking about will be 
um, the first two weeks of March, and then we'll go into some recovery after that, but in, and into a new cycle starting in April. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, head on over to train heroic. If you want some programming and, uh, the great thing about the programming that Chad and I have put together, it's, it's not just like sets and reps, but it also has a lot of things to help you warm up well so that you can move better and enhance your technique quality and your lifting to improve your strength and numbers as well in all the basic lifts. So, uh, go ahead on over and check that out. And uh, until next time, guys, we'll talk then. All right, everyone, that is it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. For those of you out there who enjoy the content that I make and would like to help support Squaw University and help me make better and better content, check out my Patreon page. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support all the content that I create. And the third tier of support even has access to an exclusive once a month live Q&A session where I literally will sit down and answer any question that you may have. So if that sounds interesting to you, head on over to patreon.com slash University. Thanks, guys. That's it for today, class. On Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.